We have returned, the triumphant return, if you will. Bailey and Harper, episode 36, or as, and I'm going to let you go first and be polite this week because I stole your thunder last time. Best to ever wear number 36. What is it? Who is it? Well, it's also after dark, so you know. After dark. What's going to happen? After dark. Is that good? I don't think that was good. I'll try it again later. All right, got it. So 36. Um, Two. Come Well, it's only one, really, that I I think is just deserving of it, and that is Jerome Bettis. That's what I thought. There's no way you weren't going with the bus. I I agree, and it's because he's so accomplished. But a guy that I just love, and he still works for the NFL to this day, um, for the league side, and that is Merton. No, no. Is he for the league? Yeah, he's from the league side. Is Merton Hanks, safety from the 49ers back in the day, in the early 90s and mid-90s. He had the long neck. All he did was get interceptions and do that little neck roll thing. Is <laughs> a celebration. I, I distinctly remember that, and I loved watching him play. Question: Did you ever? I don't. I, I just don't remember when he actually retired. Did you ever meet Jerome Bettis in a hole? Did you ever hit Jerome Bettis? No, I didn't think so. When did no. he retire? I forget. Uh, I think he retired like right after they won the Super Bowl when they yeah, that, beat that, Seattle. Yeah, that sounds right. I just the, the years. I didn't know if they overlapped. I, they did not. My my. I, look, I know you were a bad dude, and that you weren't you weren't intimidated by anybody. But like, even you have to be like, man, that wouldn't be a ton of fun having to meet the bus in the hole. So the the th- so I've always asked, you know, older players or safeties and stuff that that I played with or I I'm friends with, like who's always the toughest person or what made this running back so good? And you know, looking back on it, um, and with Jerome Bettis, they said the thing about him was how big he was, how heavy he was. He so he had some thump. But he had really, really good feet. So he could really, he was always making guys miss. He wouldn't always just lower the hammer down or just try and run people over. He'd always try and make you miss in the hole, but still had enough power. So you never actually dropped the bomb on him. He always fell forward. So that was why he's called the bus. Is that why he was called the bus? Yeah, man. He's just big, heavy, <laughs> always fell forward. But he had sweet feet, very underrated feet for a big man. Okay. I got a couple. I, first of all, throwback classic 36, the great Gaylord Perry. The great Gaylord Perry is number thirty-six in our hearts and in your programs. How do yeah. you feel about that one? I, you don't. You don't strike me as a big Gaylord Perry. I was, I was like, man, is it bad? No, I no, no. It's, it's not bad. I don't I mean, want to be disrespectful and say I don't. Right, I got know a better one for you then. That, now, Carolina fans will dispute me on this all right. because he wore number thirty in Chapel Hill. But the great Rasheed Wallace. Oh, Sheed, love Sheed. Sheed. He's not better than the bus. But love Sheed. No, Sheed's on the list. Though. I mean, Sheed is one of those guys who always stands out. First of all, he had a little patch of gray hair, so a shout out to him. Yep. All those gray hair guys that's rocking that's it. That's it. Not going to die. You got the full gray beard, by the way. They don't know that. They don't see that. But yes, Kyle, I, it it has evolved. You're just bragging about it to the neighbors like 20 minutes ago. Well, that's because Bill was my neighbor was talking about it, and I was like, yeah, man, I've never really had like a full blown beard, and yeah, the first time I really get one, it's gray. She and she did have a hell of a playoff beard on he, a couple of occasions. He did, too. he did. I, I love she, and he also came up with this saying, "Ball don't lie." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so remember last time was it last time or two shows ago? I talked about the hoopster deal with the the NBA jerseys, kind of throwbacks, and it was yes. kind of a hit. Check this out: Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq wore thirty six for the Celtics. Oh, my God. You didn't even remember he played for the Celtics, much less what number he wore. But Shaq wore 36 for the Celtics. Man, you know what? Everybody's trying to forget Shaq in, in, with the Celtics, even though he's a great – I love Shaq. I'm a, <laughs> the biggest fan. But I think that was when he actually, like, he knew it was over because I think he, like, pulled a, 
like pulled his calf or oh. something, just running down the court. Look, I don't remember the, the exact sequence of events, but Shaq was like 40 pounds overweight and two, two years past his expiration date before he ever got to Boston, if, if memory serves. <laughs> like, I love Shaquille O'Neal. He's one of the greatest people in the history of humanity, much less sports. But Dominant. He stuck around longer than he needed to. And you know what? Fine. Good for him. If he wanted to play, play. I never understood when people used to give Brett Favre shit. And, like, lately Brett Favre deserves to take a lot of shit. But it had nothing to do with the fact, in my opinion, that he kept on playing. Like, you get to play one time, and then you never get to do it again. Play as long as you want to. If people like you and they want to watch you, why the hell not? I'll, I'll watch it. But – I wouldn't say Brett Favre played too long. No, though. no, it was some people like it was more about the fact that he was going to retire than he wasn't. Then he was, then he wasn't. Then he came back and he played for the Vikings and he played for the Jets. Like it was just yeah. But when he came back, they were really damn good. Oh yeah, no, they was, went to the NFC. He was championship one game. bad decision away from going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I'm glad he made that bad decision. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, that's why I, I get mean, to hang up one of these jerseys in this that's room. That's true. So. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. So that that's just, but I, but then I also played him the very next year when he decided to come back again after we almost destroyed him uh, physically in the Minnesota, in the championship game, and we played him that first game, and I remember when I, I, I rocked him, and <laughs> he ended up throwing the interception to Vilma on the same play. He didn't see me on a blitz, bro. I, first of all, it was bad timing. Yep. But sometimes the worst things, the worst plays, or like in golf, your worst shot ends up being your best shot. Like you don't hit the ball exactly how you want it to, but it ends up really good. You're like, dude, I hit that terrible. And you look up, you're like, oh damn, that's pretty good, right? Like that's part of golf. What What do you remember most about that play? Now that I'm talking about it, like the, against the Vikings in '09. So it was a it was a blitz, and uh, from from the strong side, or you know where I was lined up at him against the tight end. So and I was going to come underneath. And normally they wanted you to be a little bit closer, but I was trying to show out wide because the deep, this position they had me at. A lot of the teams ran checks off of me, like my position, or was I going to be close to line blitzing, or was I running underneath, or was I man to man? So I was a really good determining factor of what we do defensively. So I was just trying to show out wide and disguise it. And then, you know, one of the biggest coaching rules they always tell you is like, don't let your disguise uh, override your your job, right? right. So you trying to you trying to show and you trying to disguise so much, and you give up the big play. You're like, bro, like. Well, and, and there's no excuse like, Coach, I was trying to disguise. You're like, what? What? So I was trying to disguise, and then I, I, I got bad timing. They quit counting me, and I was late. And then I just like, oh, and I almost didn't even blitz because I was so late. But I was like, oh, man, I was supposed to blitz. And I just like, oh, kept running. <laughs> and he ended up holding the ball. And then by the time he saw me, I just bl blasted him right in his gut. And um, I heard him take a little air out of his breath, man, when he landed, bro, and Looked up and it was interception Vilma and then it was like Dude. just a route. Oh, I bet, man. It was it, it was game set match after that. I bet so. No, that's that's a classic play. That's just to hear that from your perspective is really really cool. So that was not in the playoffs. That was the beginning of the year after the playoffs, which just ended up being his last year. Right, right. But I mean, just the, the fact that I mean, he's a tough guy. I you know I think most people. Pretty much, no matter how you feel about him, no we'll, we'll give him that. He's a tough no dude, question. right? And so that wasn't a dude who was easy to knock out of a game, as, even as far as quarterbacks go. No, he didn't miss a start. That's right, exactly. Until that year. Right. I mean, he so, was Iron Man. Yeah, he was Iron Man of football. And, you know, at a position that back then you could really hit and tee off on, too. Just think about the last 32 years of Packers quarterbacks. 33. Just nothing but Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for the, th the past three-plus decades. Like, I, they probably wish they had more titles, obviously, out of those two guys. But, like, still, the titles aside, the talent, the arm talent that they got, they've been able to watch for the last 30-plus. Was Aaron Rodgers the Super Bowl MVP that year he won it? I believe so. 
I believe so. I uh, believe it was too. Like as a, even as a sports talk radio host, I'll be the first to admit that uh, sometimes sports trivia is not really my deal. It's um, okay, Kyle. I don't. You I don't have to be a. That's what I keep Smoke around for, man. Smoke remembers everything. Everything, huh? There's nothing. Shout that, out to Smoke. He he was born in like 1998 or something, <laughs> but he can tell you like down by down what happened in a Panthers game in 1996. It's crazy. It's like, bro, you were like negative two. How do you un- how do you know this? I don't understand how you've retained any of this. But yes, to answer your question, Super Bowl MVP, he was that. Um. I want to talk college football, but I guess since we're there real quick first, I'm going to sound like a, you know, probably a cynical, I don't know, I don't care. The Brett Favre story is so, I'm tired of it. Like, if I never hear another word about Brett Favre for the rest of my life, I won't care. And that's not a judgment on Brett Favre. It's actually mostly the media's fault for continuing to talk about it. But, like, everything this dude does or doesn't do is a breaking news story on ESPN. And it's Adam Schefter. And it's Ian Rappaport. What, what did he do? Well, no, it's just all, you know, it's how many different ways can you tell us that he's dissatisfied with the Green Bay front office <laughs> and that he really doesn't want to live in Green oh, Bay, Oh, you're talking Wisconsin. about Aaron Rodgers. I thought you were talking about Brett Favre. I apologize. Oh, did I say Brett Favre? If that might have been me. My no, bad. No, no, I'm talking about Rodgers. Like, yes, it's just the, I agree. the breathless, you know, coverage. He still of, showed up today. And he's going to play there this year. Like, he wants yeah. Randall Cobb back. That's apparently what's going to make him happy. He wants Randall Cobb back. And okay. So, they're apparently fixing that, making that happen for him. He's going to play there exactly one more year, and they're going to trade him somewhere. I don't know. Um, but like, it's not, again, it's not even his fault. Like, I know some people have told me that, Hey, Aaron Rodgers is kind of an asshole. Others say, no, it's just kind of, he's got a quirky personality, but he's a cool dude. I don't know. I don't know the guy, mm-hmm. but it's just for the last six months, everything he does or doesn't do is breaking news on the, they're driving me insane. Sorry. I just had to get that off my chest. No, man. I, um, I will just put a period on it, a bow on it and just say, I work with his brother and I don't ask him about it. Well, that's I mean, interesting too, so, because I'm um, sure he doesn't want to talk about that. Probably so. So, right. um, it, it's. I've played against Aaron. I've met Aaron one time outside of a football field, and he was cool. And I met him. He was cool. So I, I've never been his teammate or anything of that nature. And clearly, this relationship is done. Yeah. No, it, just, it is done. But you know what? This is the in, this is the NBA's influence in some ways on the NFL. Like we didn't used to cover, you know, round like 365 like this. The big networks do this now. And that's a conscious decision that they've made. But, you know, I, I joke sometimes and I don't mean this with any disrespect, but I think they know it that, you know, like ESPN's morning show Get Up kind of became, you know, NFL Network Junior, NFL Network Light in the morning because mm-hmm. like you had at one week there was the Masters. Um, you know, baseball had just started, and Shohei Otani was absolutely going insane. Oh, you, you I had, love Otani. You had UCLA Gonzaga in the Final Four. Really I mean, good. you had a lot of stuff going on. Gonzaga was unbeaten at that point. A lot of big sports stories happening. And every single morning, I watched it for five days straight just to see if it was the case, on Get Up, they might touch on one of those stories to start the show real quick. Hey, let, let's, let's, this is happening, but let's talk for the seventh, the seventh time this week about whether or not Mac Jones might go three to San Francisco. What if – the Patriots get a quarterback like is every morning that week. And it's like, bro, we are a long way away from the, the NFL season. And I know the NFL is huge and it's, it's enormous, but that's all they do sometimes. And so anyway, it's, uh, I, I, and I talked to, um, the NBA became that way first was my overall point oh, that yeah. like the, the drama free agency, you know, kind of for some people got even more enjoyable than the games themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that has actually happened. So Great. I don't know if that's just a reflection of the, you know, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok society that we're always interested in everybody else's lives more so than actual events. But yeah, sports is a strange damn place right now. I, you know, I talked to Jim Nagy about this at dinner over at the SEC uh, media days um, through the week, which I think is crazy. The Pac-12 has their media day in one day. 
Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, uh, sorry to get on a tangent. I no, just heard no, no, that today. I'm glad you took us there because I, I do actually want to talk about this because what? you and I had a very spirited discussion about this when we first got into this room earlier. So we should probably go there. Like you were, I was live on the air last Wednesday when I see the the report from Houston. You're at SEC Media Day doing yes. live television all day when the news breaks that uh, hey, by the way, Texas and OU are out. They're leaving the Big Twelve, probably going to the SEC and. Uh, all hell's about to break loose in college athletics. <laughs> like, that's what happened last I was, week. I was live on TV. Laura Rutledge pulls up her phone and is like, and says it during a commercial break. And she's like, I, I, we got to talk about this, right? I was like, I was like Laura, that's got to be fake. I'm not, I would not pay attention to that. You're definitely, like, following the, like, looking at the wrong thing. And she's like, ah. And then, like, a couple things more, like, kept coming. She's like, oh, it's like, well, you go ahead and do it, Laura. Bump it. F it. Let's go. Like, if it's, I mean, so y'all just jumped into so it. So we just jumped into it, and I was on TV. It's like uh, I just, so I'm hesitant to believe it. That is really interesting. To just me. because, I mean, the timing of it was crazy. Um, Jimbo Fisher was just now about to take the stage. It's Texas A&M's time to get up there and talk about Texas A&M. That's right. And then we have this announcement that who can steal Texas A&M's thunder more than anybody else in the SEC is Texas and Oklahoma saying they're coming to the SEC, which Texas A&M immediately released a statement saying that they want to be the only Texas team representing the SEC, period, point blank. If I recall, and you probably remember this better than I do, but when you said Jimbo, it reminded me that, I guess, when he was on the stage, somebody asked, asked him, about him about it. Asked him about it. So, and when, I guess it was the question. Because he was, was coming on our show right, right and after, and they were going to – they were like, we don't know if we should even ask him because we're like, hopefully somebody asked him about it up there because we have no idea. We, you know, do we even want to go there? This is our sport, little time. Do we want to piss off Jimbo right. by asking or dropping this on him when he doesn't really but know? But I think somebody, prepared. and I'm just paraphrasing here, asked him some version of the question, hey, have you heard of this? You know, Texas would like to join the S. They're leaving the Big 12. They'd like to join the SEC. Correct. Something like that. And Jimbo said, he just kind of smirked and said, I bet they would. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, something along those lines. And I was right. like, oh, that's funny. That's yeah. really funny. And, and that was true. the first thing I thought. Well, a couple of the first things that I thought of, because I told you, my experience was I was live on, on Radio Row, and one of our board operators slash utility men, a guy kid named Flounder, you know, flashes his phone at me. And I'm like, I'm, I do a triple take, and I'm like, Houston Chronicle, Texas, and Oklahoma are doing what? And so I start looking around. I'm like, this, is this for real? And so I, like, I, like, I'm trying to figure out. I'm on the air. I'm like, this is the yeah. biggest story of the year so far, <laughs> if that's true. And so I see that it's real, and I start talking about it. So Groundbreaking we, news. So we, we Groundbreaking. Spend like, right. We spend two segments reacting. Like, my head's spinning. I can't believe this is happening. And so about 4.20 on, on that Wednesday, Justin Fuente, head coach at Virginia Tech, coming by to, you know, to do a segment or so with me. And I'm coming back from break as he's walking up. And so I'm introing the segment by saying, hey, if you're just tuning in, uh, we got Texas and Oklahoma, according to the Houston Chronicle. They want out of the Big 12, and they might be applying for SEC membership. And I see Justin Fuente's head just snap and turn in my direction and look at me. And he starts circling the table. And we put a headset on him. He said, what did you just say about Texas and Oklahoma? I want to talk about that for a second. And so I told him. And he's, you know, a former blue-chip quarterback from Oklahoma, played for the Sooners for two years. So he knows the landscape of Oklahoma. And so immediately as I start to suggest it, because I think we're both thinking it, if they're leaving the Big 12s, and before I could even finish the sentence, he goes – they're done. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. So, I mean, I don't – I hate to put it that way because, you know, I guess they could keep the logo and maybe some new teams. I don't know. But, like, Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma, I don't even know what that is. Uh, and Oklahoma State's pissed, by the way, and I completely understand why. Yes, 1,000%. And 
Oklahoma, first of all, Texas big boy the Big 12 years ago when they signed the ESPN deal, all right? Texas big boy them then. And, and, but they did it. They got their own thing. And then they stepped, they kept going to Big 12, right? And they, they brought in all these other people. They've done these things. And all of a sudden you look up. And this stuff does, just, does, just doesn't happen overnight, Kyle. This is like six, seven months of talks and communications behind the back channels. Like some say December, some say over a year. Hell, Paul Feinbaum said yesterday on our station that it's been going on for five years in Oklahoma. So, like, and I kind of <laughs> believe it. So, I mean, yeah, it's been go- – it's just we're all the last to know. You know what I mean? All of a sudden they drop this bomb and it's – stuff is going. And I love the fact – can I just say I love the fact – that you're on that conference's network live, and nobody gave you a heads up. Like, that's how these dudes operate. You know, so you're like – Somebody ma- from Houston Chronicles or, you know, from Texas A&M area dropped the bomb. Dropped the, And it was the Texas the A&M bomb. beat writer who did it. Yeah, dropped the bomb So right where there. did the leak come from? You know I, what I mean? I wonder where it came but from. But, Kyle, Kyle, the fact that the timing of it, when it leaked, I mean, and, like, it, it's not a rumor anymore. It's true. Oh, it's true. They Texas Texas and Oklahoma just let them know like hey we're not resigning, so like all these things have been in the works. So within an hour of the not story only that, but out. I'm sure ESPN, the high ups, they already were communicated oh, with too because is... the SC con- SEC contract right now. If you bring in Texas and Oklahoma, we're ripping that up. How many times do you think this was Because dis- it's a better deal for both both sides. Yes. How many times we're- do you think that this was discussed over a round of golf at Augusta over the last year? At uh, you know, round of golf at Kiowa Island. You know, hey, look, man, I would love to know the ins and outs of that. Um, and I would love, hopefully, we get somebody on here. Oh, that yeah, can talk to us about this. Oh, yeah, it can give us a lot of insight on it, but we're not going to, we're going to do that, that soon. Yet. We're going to do that All soon. Right. Uh, that's but, coming, but just th- for a second, what you but just to said. have that happen though, Kyle, Texas, you're on the air, Oklahoma, I'm on the air, and I told you, I was like, it's not real. The next day, I came on and I was just like, I can't believe it. Like, oh, I know. Oh, it's real, and it's going to happen. Because if you ever want to find out an answer when it comes to college football or NCAA, just go find the money. Always. Where's but the money trail? The, the story and it's comes way more out, money. The story comes out at 3.30. By, by 4.30, you have a Texas spokesman, an Oklahoma spokesman, and I think by 4.45, Greg Sankey all saying, we don't address rumors in college <laughs> athletics. Like, well, that's not a denial. And this is a story you want to kill right away if it's not true. So that's our answer. Right. Oklahoma literally was just like, I mean, we don't we we haven't indulged. It, it was a so plausible deniability. Oh, the story, thing. the sequence was, of events <laughs> with the story was insane. But what we need to talk about is what what's going to happen. And I've been doing this for like five straight days on the air because, first of all, I, love I will them. also say this too, Kyle. Oklahoma State is so mad because oh, of course they are. They their, their school president released a series of tweets and statement last night. I mean, she's not happy. Not I mean. Yeah. Very professional, but she's clearly pissed off. You, well, yeah, because you lose the ride with the of what is that Bedlam, right? Yep, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and the, le- the state legislature bound them together. Uh, I forget how many years ago that was, because my first thought Wednesday was, oh, that's going to end up in court in the state of Oklahoma, um, and they conf- somebody confirmed it, Pat Forty or something like thirty minutes later, saying, hey, just a reminder that the state legislature in Oklahoma bound these two teams together in the same conference, so uh, this may end up in the courts. So I don't know what's going to happen, but a lot of people. Think well, they that got it will. till twenty twenty five to make it happen. Yeah, I think it's happening sooner than that. I think they're playing in the SEC next year. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're playing in the SEC in 2022. They, they, they're doing, this is a formality, all this 2025 stuff. 
they're going through the procedural steps <laughs> of getting out the right way to, so as to not get hung up on this stuff. And then as soon as they're out, they're going to challenge it. They're going to go play in the SEC next year. <laughs> Ain't nobody waiting until 2025 for this Kyle, stuff. I Come hope on. so because hopefully I'll still be around. But You've got a bunch of power brokers who just saw the NIL wall drop. And the big swing, and you know what's that, you know, control college athletics, especially at these big schools, are saying, oh, this is the time. You know, the NCAA can just scoot on out of here. We'll handle the show from this point forward. And I don't know if that's like four super conferences, a mega conference. I'm not sure. The Big Ten is the only conference that doesn't have to do anything. Agreed. The Big Ten is the only one that can kill Florida. I think they should, but I don't think they have to. Exactly. They they are the ones that don't have to be in a hurry. All right? The Pac-12, you need to go to fishing. Oh, yeah. Real quick. You, You need to, like... I think this is an opportunity. This is a great opportunity for the Pac-12. BYU is a good option for them. If BYU would join, and I don't know what their, I don't know if their stance on independence is the same as Notre Dame's. I doubt it is. But like, if you can get BYU, that's a good pickup. You think BYU, huh? There's a lot of money in the state of Utah. And I get Mormon it, but Church is it and, all at BYU, though? Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, you've got multiple schools out there. But right. you got Utah, you got Utah State. So I, I think Oklahoma State is a no-brainer. Number one, Oklahoma State would be my first target. And I think they'd probably have to go out of where the hell else they're going to go. I mean – Like, if you're the ACC, do you want Oklahoma State? I mean, yes. T-Boone Pickens is gone. I mean, your, your largest benefactor passed away. I don't know if the money's still – I don't know – The money's still you, – you don't think he had that written up in his will? Uh, I'd have to look. I'll look up their revenue. But you got to think ahead. about it, though. Oklahoma State is the only reason – well, that's one of the main reasons why – we have the playoffs now, and we went away from the BCS, was Oklahoma State and their influence with T-Bone Pickens. So, um, uh, T-Bob Pickens, right? Sorry. T-Bone Pickens. Yeah. Yeah. T-Bone Pickens. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. And um, so, the Pac-12, they need to immediately try and go get Oklahoma State because the Big 12 is done. At this point, I don't even know what you do. Also, the revenue sharing. Well, here's but the But they need to continue to – they got to do something. They need to re- – Here's a question. They got to do like, something. What happens to Kansas, Right. What happens to Kansas? Kansas could probably go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten would look to maybe try and take on Kansas because they're basketball. Right. That's one that I think would make sense. You know, I think you, Kansas to the Big Ten would be easily like, okay, we'll take you in. Sure. So, like, I mean, I, I, Kansas is ending up somewhere. Yeah. And here's the thing. Baylor? Not only that, but it, the Big Ten could even easily tell Nebraska to go kick rocks. Well, I, right, right. <laughs> you're right. That could happen. But I actually read a pretty good piece about this on The Athletic earlier today where, I mean, the truth is – this is about football, football, money, football, and <laughs> then maybe some basketball. And I love college basketball, but I don't think anything that's being decided right now it has anything to do with the best interest of college basketball. I could be wrong about that, but this is all football. And I would not disagree with that. Because, I mean, look, we may be staring down the barrel of the you know full professionalization of college sports, of college football, as we know it, right? NFL Junior, pay the guys. This could be the breakaway beginning of that. Potentially, I don't know that. I could be wrong. But if that's the case, well, there is no we've, – we've seen the XFL fail. We've seen the AAF fail. We've seen the USFF fail or USFL. I, I think personally they're all more or less going to fail. Leagues like that. But if you were ever truly going to pull off, you know, a farm system for football or however you want to frame it, doing it with the existing big-time college football brands that people already love and have an emotional attachment to seems like a pretty damn good way and the only way that I think that was ever going to work. So maybe that's what's happening right now. And if that's the case, what happens to a school like Oklahoma State? What happens to a school like Kansas more specifically? And that, uh, Kansas football is terrible. <laughs> Kansas basketball is legendary. 
how valuable is Kansas basketball relative to how bad their football team is, and does the Big Ten want to take that on? I just don't know. These are questions that I have, but I don't think we have answers to right now. And maybe somebody out there does, but I haven't heard from them yet. You know, uh, man, I, because I've been having this conversation, Kyle, with people that know inside of the NCAA and the way that college sports and athletics and ADs think and these presidents think, I've been having these conversations. Um, for as little as the outside we think that that matters, it does matter to a conference as a whole because if you continue to compete for championships, uh -huh. you make money and everybody shares the money. So the more chips or the more balls you can throw into the bucket, the better opportunity you have. So that is why you take more teams on. And it's going to be hard. if, if the, what about SEC the math, though? What about the math, though? And I'm only asking because don't you have to justify that a school you bring in adds enough revenue to your conference yes. that, that adding another yes. mouth to feed, adding another yes. team to split with still yes. is a net positive for everybody. Yes. It has yes. to be that way. It has to, it has to go into the equation. Yes. Right. That's why I say that's some why of these the schools, ACC, you know, people, somebody told me today, you know, I got to bring in UConn. Does UConn bring enough money into that conference to Jim Calhoun days are gone. Football's awful. Why would you add UConn? I have you know, no idea. West Virginia is in a state that has only 1.8 million people in the entire state. West no Virginia would be markets. a team. I would think the ACC, but they're a passionate fan base. And they've got, you know, a decent history in football and in basketball. I think West Virginia will be a, a nice fit. I think West ACC. Virginia is a good brand, but yep. it's in a state that doesn't offer you a ton just in terms of what matters, right? And these, so I don't know. I would like to see it happen. But you, UCF, UCF. I was going to say, but Kyle, look at these. That uh, is a massive public institution. Conference USA, Conference USA had a ton of really good teams. But the AAC, you mean? Yeah, the AAC, yeah. sorry. CUSA's got some decent teams, too. Yeah, but, no. but the AAC back in the day had all the good teams. Right. And if you go to four super conferences with 16 teams or whatever it is, some of those teams will go with them. I mean, you could add UCF. Somebody's going to add UCF if we're <laughs> adding teams, right? So right. the ACC could do worse in theory, but then again, I don't know the particulars. So the point is, like, on the one hand, the ACC's in a really strong position in that Back in 2016, they extended the grant of rights deal through 2036. Mm -hmm. So this ain't like Texas and OU giving up maybe a year or two or three years of TV money, $80 million, which is a lot, but you can make it back with this new SEC Dude. deal. But if you try to give up your ACC grant of rights right now, you're giving up 15 years of TV money. Nobody's doing that. Yeah, yeah. So the, the ACC strong. can stay together. It's about what can they add. You know, yeah, can, yeah, is there, yeah. is, can they convince Notre Dame to join full-time? A lot of people think that's never going to happen. Others think that actually – Dame. why would Notre Dame do that, though? But I don't point? think the playoff necessarily pushed them that much closer, but this could. You know, th this could do that potentially. Now, I, again, I could be wrong about that. It all depends on what they have in mind for what this is all going to look like. And I don't even know who the hell they is. <laughs> I mean, I, like, th this isn't Mark Love Emmert. talking about they. This isn't Mark Emmert doing it, right? Because he just said two weeks ago, yeah, we need to back off and have a smaller role here. You guys just handle all the heavy lifting. So this isn't Mark Emmert pulling strings. Right? This he is did. Not only that, but he, he let go of everything. This is Greg Sankey. NCAA is... let go of everything. Right. Yes. That's it. Hey, you know what? I will say this, Kyle. And I was, you know, I stayed at the hotel with all the media and everybody else there. And this is something I haven't even told you. And, you know, uh, Greg Sankey was coming off the elevator while I was coming on the elevator. And this may have nothing to do with nothing. All right. But he and the security behind him, because most high ups, they, they have a security guard. Got his detail. Yeah, of course. He's got his detail. So, um, and uh, I heard him on the phone. He's like, Oh my gosh, yeah, man, dude, I've no, I haven't slept in the last three days thinking about this as he was walking by. What? And in my mind, I was like, dude, 
I mean, why, why Greg Tank ain't sleeping? Like, just uh. <laughs> did I like walk down, come downstairs, do my show, blah, blah, blah. Laura comes on with the thing. It still doesn't hit me to literally the very next day. I was like, I wonder if he was just this. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, like, oh, yeah. No, that's like, you definitely just caught the tail end of some of the biggest news of all time. <laughs> I was like, I walked right. I, he was on the phone. He didn't say hi to me. And we know each other. We're cordial. And he was on the phone. He was, he was just talking. He had ju- I heard him just say that and walked by. And I was just like, because I let him in the per- the detail off the elevator. That's funny. And and I just went on with my day. That's funny. Finished my sh- was doing my show. The news drops. Like, and I didn't think about it to the very next day. I was like, hold on. And again, I still can't get over the fact that you are on the league's network. <laughs> You're the mouthpiece of the network. And they've neither given you a heads up, which actually makes some sense. But they also, had no idea. Well, None of us knew. Right. That's what I'm saying. So it makes sense. That, you know, in a lot of ways you didn't get it. But also – just to be, have the freedom to say, you know what? Yeah, this is news about our league on their channel. Yeah, let's just break it. Let's just talk about it. Like, that's, that's, it's cool to see that you have that kind of freedom because I think a lot of people don't believe I'm that glad networks Laura have did that it. kind of freedom. I'm glad Laura did it because we dropped, we dropped the news, and it's definitely true. That's awesome. <laughs> we didn't shy away from it. And let me tell you, Kyle, it's such big news that the network has me almost like a doctor in the fact of, like, I'm on call if – if like they officially accept and like oh. some stuff happens, like we're putting on a show, like yeah. So we need to know who's around, who's doing where, location wise, because we gotta we gotta go. That's funny. We gotta be on call. That's funny. Because if if this happens, real quick before we get to something else, um, I was gonna I ask got, you. I gotta finish the Jim Nagy thing too. I was talking well, we'll about come Jim back Nagy. To that. Yeah. I want to talk about the NFL anyway. But um, the uh, Jay Billis said yesterday. He said if I was the ACC. I'd be thinking if I was Jim Phillips. I'd be thinking about reaching out to Greg Sankey, saying let's talk about a merger you know, in the ACC-SEC merging into a mega conference. And that's a really intriguing idea. Um, and especially if there are still people involved in the, this process that actually care about college basketball. There's a lot that could come from that because the SEC's basketball has gotten better. And the ACC is college basketball in many ways. I know that sounds elitist, but we're ACC people. So anyway, um, and I'm a Virginia Tech fan. We have contributed. It's we, baby. Yeah, we we contributed we. very little to the overall legacy of ACC <laughs> basketball. I'll be the first to say that, but. Proud guys are in the Sweet 16. We're proud of the ACC. So anyway, I digress. But like, yeah, if they care enough about college basketball to save this thing, then I think that makes a lot of sense. And frankly, why wouldn't they? Right? You, you can still make that work. And if you could hang on to, if you could have Carolina, Duke, and Kentucky in the same conference, I mean, why wouldn't you have that? Now, the only thing that I thought about today was, okay, on the football side, they have no real competition, at least any successful competition, as it comes to professionalizing college football, at least in the way we're talking about. But on the NBA side, they have the G League. And they've had the, you know, it was the D League back in the day. But they started paying money to elite prospects. They've got the G League elite thing going on. So the NBA is, they're not going to quit that, you know, just because college basketball is doing its thing. Well, they have to do that because as we're looking at the Olympics now, these other countries, they're doing it. Right. They have to. So, the, so why do you think, why do you think their young players are developing because they're playing professionally? Now, I still wonder how commercially successful that's going to be, at least in terms of selling it on well, TV. Well, I know somebody that's trying to put a league together right now that's in the works. I, I just met him and, um, yes. I hear about new leagues all, and I'm not being skeptical. I'm saying I, there's, I think the but one they're thing. But they're going to also. The kids are going to go to class too. They're going that's to awesome. That I love. Too. I love that. I'm just my but only. But while they're not at class, they're going to. Perf- it's almost like an IMG. Just is like there still room though for the growth of that and the existence of blue blood 
power brand college basketball programs. I think there is. Yes. Um, and I, I can't see why there wouldn't be necessarily, especially if you keep a great TV deal. But it's almost like training. So we're going to full-time train basketball skills versus like – It's a basketball academy. Right, right, right. Like IMG right. Academy in yes. Bradenton and all those. Yes. Right. So, But, right. again, the point being like – can that be done? Yeah, I think so. So I, the merger thing could happen. But my question here is, you know, as I said today, and I, I could be way off base on this, but if you're the SEC and they come to you, the ACC, about a merger, if you're the SEC, aren't you saying, well, wait a minute, what does Boston College offer me? What does, all due respect, Wake Forest offer me? That's I, I have, I see, the, the SEC sees no benefit in joining with the ACC. Well, I disagree, with that. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. There is some benefit. There is, I don't know if it's enough to justify doing it. but I'm oh, saying, like, No, no, because you add some really quality, some really quality programs and you bring really good basketball. Yeah, but I, let me tell you, Greg Sankey is so proud of the job that he's done not so much in the football space of the SEC, but the basketball space. The basketball in the SEC has grown tremendously under his leadership. Sure. And, and he was really big when he got the job that, hey, as, as presidents and universities, you need to hire better coaches here in the SEC. Like, go get the best coaches. Yeah, he did. Spend more money. Go get them. Like, I, we should be better in basketball on a year-to-year basis. And they've done that. I, I don't think coaches they have. I don't think I don't think basketball moves the needle enough in the in the in the SEC territories to like make them want to go to you know like what I look. I'm sorry, Kyle. I'm from Alabama. I never considered North Carolina the South. That's insane. My you whole you life. and I have done this already. <laughs> it's just exhausting with you deep South people. <laughs> like, I, I said something similar. First of all, it it starts off with North. What? Are you serious right now? It starts off with North. What is it about you deep South people that you're this elitist about where the South – don't you want as much land as you can have, first of all? Of that course is you want how we're greatest, raised. That is how we're You want we as think. much territory as you can, I would think, if you're going to be this territorial. And second of all, this is especially annoying if some, as someone from the Commonwealth of Virginia, which as far, which as, is, as, far as history goes, we're more so Southern weird. than all y'all. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's the capital. But it's we're the, the top. So, you know, now it's, ah, are they really Southern anymore? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't even want to hear from you deep South people. It's infuriating. But anyway – so, yeah, no, I think this whole story is just crazy. And I love realignment because there's endless possibilities, well, endless he, speculation. Like, your boy Cole Kublik, by the way, from this SEC Network, look, came, on my, like Cole. He came on my show yesterday and he oh, killed yeah, it. He's pretty cool, He crushed bro. it. No, he's he crushed really it. really good. And he offered some really good perspective on this because he thinks the FCS should play in the spring full-time, um, which I understand football is a fall sport. I know why you might be hesitant, but, like, no, I'm there's not. some – not you, just gen- people generally speaking. Uh, but I'm saying like – I think it, I think it's better for TV. There are a lot of strategic reasons I to do I think they that. can make more money if they do it that way. Yeah, and so he thinks that way. He's very, very – he's got a pretty grim outlook for the group of five, which I understand because we went from a 12-team playoff, group of five is going to get in, real access, yay, to they might just pick their ball up and leave you all by yourself start your own new thing over I, here. I don't, I, so again, when it comes to football, I understand because football is going to be tough. Yeah. Because um, now you'll be able to get maybe a three-loss SEC team Last question. in there. Last question. What does the NCAA do? What is their job? So the, in, so like, the NCAA has nothing to do with football. I know that. But so what I'm saying is moving they, they forward. They have nothing to do with football. What are they going to do? Emmer, Emmer and those guys are staying completely out of it. They're like, dude, we, we only come in when you guys call us to come check. You and have see to if do something. Cheating. You're drawing a paycheck. Uh no, they only make money off the turn NCAA tournament. I know that, but I'm saying so like that's they, all they care about. Are these long- new super conferences even going to let them run the tournament? They're going to contract they have to. somebody else. They have to. They they won't. They can't last on their own. 
Then it's just a conference championship. It's just a conference dude. championship. Greg Sankey just pulled off the heist of the century. I think he might be able to but manage a bunch of teams and I, I tournaments. Don't, I don't think so. Um, the NCAA tournament is way too big, way too uh, oh, yeah. way too much of an engine. Like, I, I think so they the, have to have the a role. basketball play, that's why I think it keeps Kansas alive in the Big Ten because the basketball play alone, man. I hate to wish like, death ugh. on the – I hate the last thing. I hate to wish death on the Big 12. I, I really do. I, don't, I, don't, I hate to wish death on a conference, but – my ideal scenario here is that we just go to four super conferences. Well, That's, who's going to join who? What it, well, not everybody's going to want. I, Somebody's going to get picked last, and they're going to be in their feelings. I, I, I've That's been what so happens, Kyle. frustrated by Somebody Notre Dame, in and I've been hoodwinked once or twice that I'm not going to believe Notre Dame's joining full-time until I see it. That's the ideal situation. Yeah, why would Notre Dame? Well, there's no – Again, it depends no on the structure of all this, right? The structure of all this could push them in one of two directions, really – but they want so badly to stay independent that I think that's ultimately what they'll probably do. So if it's not Notre Dame, I agree with you. I think there are some real drawbacks from a logistical standpoint, but West Virginia would be good in the ACC. Yes. Regional rivalries, state flagship institution, passionate fan base. They're you know, good. You, you that's a good fit. And their up. basketball team's legit. And they it's can a save money on all those flights flying the volleyball team 1,100 miles to Ames, Iowa. <laughs> like, you know, they don't need to be in the Big 12 anyway. So no, I would li- I'd like to see that. And then, man – Cincinnati's interesting to me because, like, they have a really Cincinnati passionate fan base. Cincinnati would be a team base. that the ACC could get them. That was the, the top ten football program in the or country the last year. Or the Big Ten. If they could get in the Big Ten, I think they would They do awesome in the Big there's Ten no, as well. I, I, there's no way the Big Ten's going to take them. They don't bring enough. Academics. That's what uh, I mean. And, look, the ACC. Hold on. What is the academic meter? Because that's another thing with the Pac-12. Well, the Pac-12 has this this rule that and I'm not, I'm not academically you have to be a certain – a certain level academically uh, institution in the Pac-12. That's another sure. thing that they I, have. I need to look it up, but I'm not, I, think, I believe Big Ten schools all have AAU, AAU status. Um, I think so. And it might even be a requirement to get in now. If I'm not, well, it might be a requirement to get in. I don't think Cincinnati has AAU status. And I'm not shitting on Cincinnati's academics, by the way. I'm not one of those elitist academic assholes. So I'm just saying these conferences can be. I'm not going to ask you your GPA, Kyle. What do you mean? Grad school, 395, boom. Well, grad school. I think grad school is a lot easier. Cause Easy. Most, whoa, whoa. I think it's easier in the fact of when you go to grad school, you're more focused on it. Like oh, no you're doubt. Therefore, like, that's what you're doing. That's oh, I was dead I mean, last like, in my entire department in GPA at one point after my sophomore year. <laughs> you know what last. I'm saying? Like, that's all I'm saying, Kyle. That's what I meant. I worked it easy. back up. But, like, my, bro- my buddies love to give me a hard time. They'll bring it up at a party. Like, this dude was dead last in the department in GPA. I was working. I was doing radio. I was pledging a fraternity. I was, like, doing everything. I was drinking from a fire hose. Right. That's it. Yeah. And my grades sucked. So, I had, to get, I had to get my act together. But, no, I mean, like, Cincinnati would be interesting. UCF is more and more intriguing to me. And, you know, from there, if you – I'll go back to Notre Dame real quick. If you could convince Notre Dame to join full-time or if the circumstances were such that they got moved in that direction, I actually think Notre Dame as a full-time member might be enough to entice a team like Penn State to leave the Big Ten because the financials are such where the ACC is lagging behind both the Big Ten and the SEC in a big, big way. Penn State leaving the Big Ten? I'm just It's been suggested a couple of times, and I could be wrong about that. They're a top ten money school and I'm sa- I'm saying that as some- because of the Big Ten. I-, I know, but I'm just saying that as someone who has also admittedly said for the last five days that, mo- that SEC and Big Ten schools don't have a financial incentive to leave their conferences. No. They just don't. I'm just wondering in my head if the combination of those two brands – 
would inject enough new money into the conference to make it worth their while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying it would, I, and I don't know that, but it's been proposed and it's been, so it's an interesting topic, but I still don't think it's going to happen. You know, like, somebody said, bring South Carolina back to the ACC. It's like, why would they leave the SEC split? They're making a boatload of money. The new TV deal they just signed is outrageous. And this one's going to go up by like 30% at least. Why would they, who's turning down that kind of money? Nobody. Nobody. Their girls, their girls basketball is perfect. Like, Oh yeah. Why would they move? They're no. like, it would be the dumbest. They don't thing win ever. a lot of football games. At least they haven't. But I mean, they they're making the, money. I love Shane Beamer. Loved him. Yep. I, I mean that too. I haven't met the man personally. Can't wait to meet him. Just a big fan of his demeanor. I believe everything he says. He seems honest, legit. He was one of the more impressive coaches that got on that stage during the SEC media days. Sorry to throw that in there. I just no, 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 I had good. to get that off my chest. Um, I got to, you know, when I got a man crush, it is what it is. You know, I got to share it. You got to share it. I got to share it. I've man. known Shane for about 10 years now. He's, uh, I've always wondered how, how he'd fare as a head coach. And I'm pretty stoked that he's getting the shot because yeah, man. I mean, he's, uh, he's gotten on. off to a hell of a start, but, uh, you were talking about, uh, the Penn state though. Right. And you know, my guy, Rod Gilmore, um, I saw him at ESPN just the other day. They were him and, uh, green were talking about some ball and stuff. And, and they were talking about this realignment and all this and, you know, Rod being a West Coast guy and giving a West Coast feel, I did not know the top 10 revenue-generating colleges, universities, if Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC, that means they have seven out of the top 10. They control all the money. <laughs> seven out of the top 10. If Texas and Oklahoma go, yeah, which they're going to go, seven out of the top 10. The other three – or Big Ten schools. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm going to use this line tomorrow on my show. Greg Sankey's not the commissioner of a conference. He runs a hedge fund is what he does. <laughs> Greg Sankey runs a football hedge fund. Well, Texas was number one. Texas A&M being number two. And then <laughs> it just kind of kept going from there. It was like. Like, I love as an ACC fan. And as uh, uh, Georgia know. was up there. Ohio State was like three. And then it was like Penn State was up there. And what was the other Big Ten school? Was one more that was up there too? Oh, they just—it's it's insane, man. I mean, just the. But here's the thing, Texas, and we got to get. I want to talk about some other things, but like Texas hasn't finished a season with fewer than three losses since 2009. It's the last time they won the Big 12. Oklahoma's won it every year since 2015. Texas is just going to lose more, like unless. Oh. The, I mean, but this it doesn't matter to them because they're going to be printing money. They're going to have to they're going to lose more. They have to close up the Longhorn Network, and they don't give a shit because they're going to make a boatload of money. Well, no, yeah, but they'll be able to recruit in Florida. Oh, They've yeah. They've never been able to recruit well, in Florida. Well, I mean, you, okay, well, really? I mean, that Longhorn brand's pretty powerful anywhere you go. I mean, I mean, yeah, that sounds very good. But when I'm recruiting a kid out of Florida and you're like, hey, come play for us in Texas in the Big 12, that doesn't like why would I want to go to Texas when I, I'm passing up eight different schools on the way to Texas that play and consider the best ball in the country? I don't know. Why does anybody go anywhere? Playing time? I mean, Texas is a big bro. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just but saying look like, at their, ro- their roster is not con- made of Florida people. Florida don't go to Texas. I would say that the conference has a lot to do with it, but plenty of Florida kids have been going to Alabama and have been for a well, while going to Ole Miss, too. That's what I'm too. saying. You know, going they, to- but to go to Texas, you pass all of those places. No, you're right. No, you're right. And they're like, why would I pass all those to go to you? And I can just go there and uh, – Makes sense. So, hey, look, I, I think Texas will be able to benefit off the recruiting. That's why A&M don't want uh, them in there. I'd love and you have to get 11 out of 14 votes. Right. Well, you're right. A&M's not going to vote yes. They're pissed. No way they, they say yes. They are furious. <laughs> no way. Furious. All right, so who's another Assurances team? Assurances were made, sir. What's another team? <laughs> 
Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas is probably a no. So because here's my Arkansas question. knows what does Texas, Georgia do? What is, I know what, it would what, what, benefit did, the, what did Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida do? And I'm sorry to cut you off, but Georgia, Florida, and South Carolina, as you well know, have had a long-standing, unspoken agreement that Florida State, Miami, Clemson, and Georgia Tech ain't never getting in the SEC. <laughs> so, I mean, that's been a long-standing agreement. Don't they kind of have to stand in solidarity with Texas A&M, or do they look at it and say, "I don't know, man. I know we got a rule and everything, but that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. like. What? Where do they come down on that? That's what I, I want. I think they have the votes, though. They, they have to have the votes. I, I don't know, man. I want to know the vote. I mean, or they're going to get pressured in. Like Missouri, they left early. They've been out 10 years ago. They're like, bro, we just glad we got – we was able to make this thing work. You and know? Missouri's still living high on winning you know two saying? SEC East hey, titles in the first three years. They'll they, let you know all about it. But they let you know they, – they belong. They'll tell you all about it. they've been to the championship. It. They'll tell you now, all about it. Now, they've been getting drug a little bit ever since, but – you can't say that they didn't come in and Mizzou and doesn't there. make any sense in the SEC. They never hey man, have. And I know if they won two or three SEC East crowns, congratulations. <laughs> I know it's the highlight of, of some of your college careers. I, Mizzou fans don't like me. And I don't even Mizzou hate Mizzou. Mizzou would be another interesting vote in my book because they've been in the Big 12. That would be another interesting vote. Would it be yes or no? I just like talking to skeptics of it because I do too. I, I, it's just so interesting. Alabama's like I've actually felt bad for Alabama's like, yep, come on, uh, come on. Georgia's come on. like, yeah, come on. I think Georgia's <laughs> like, yeah, come on. And I, I think Georgia's like, yeah, come on. Yeah, Ole Miss. Come on down. Well, yeah, come, come on, on down. We'll take you. Mississippi too. State's like, Ugh. dude. Now we're gonna be like sixth in the conference on our side. I just thought year. of this, and I swear to God, we got to talk about what well, something else I want to get to, but. So early in my career, they're going to take the check, though. They're going to take the check. And and (laughs) early in my radio career, when I was just figuring out what the hell I was doing, right? This was back in, you know, I don't know, early, whenever the last round of realignment was, I just started doing it and uh, had the Virginia Tech football call in show on a Monday night. And this was when all the realignment talk was raging. And the latest rumor was the SEC was coming after Virginia Tech and they were coming after uh, North Carolina or NC State. Now, like Big Ten was looking at it like Jim Delaney from the Big Ten, formerly commissioner, you know, went to North Carolina. NC State? Hold on. And so, you know, they because at the time it was all about TV markets. So the SEC has no presence in two of the states considered to be the southeast. And so they're like, well, let's just get the whole map going. So they were going to come in and get a team from Virginia, get a team from North Carolina. So the old AD at Virginia Tech, Jim Weaver, is doing a Monday night call-in show. Frank Beamer's there, you know, the whole big deal that Nick does every day, you know, Tuscaloosa. And so, you know, I've got a board out back there listening to it at the radio station. I'm home chilling, and this kid's brand new. I mean, doesn't know anything. And he texts me, and he's like, Jim just said that Virginia Tech would accept an offer and a bid from the SEC if they offered it. And I said, no shit, you're you're sure about that? Well, it turns out he didn't say that at all. But, you know, me being just kind of starting out, I was like, you're positive. I kept grilling him, like, you know, this, you got to be right about this. No, I'm positive. I'm positive. Well, I didn't have the audio back then, so I just kind of tweeted it out. Right? <laughs> I was like, hey, AD just said this. That's kind of a big deal. Kyle, did you go back and delete this tweet? I got dragged for that. <laughs> like, dragged for that. And that's like, to this day, the only big gaffe that I've made because, buddy, that was so embarrassing <laughs> that I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. And so, yeah, that was the did, big did anybody uh, – Did anybody from the university or anything? Oh, no, I got, I got texts and calls. Hey, Jim did not say that, by the way, and this needs to be cleared up, please. And so <laughs> – I was like, hey, my bad. 
Made a mistake on that one. We'll clarify. What did you do to the dude that told you that? Oh, I was furious. Did you but, fight him? But, but well, by the time I got done being mad, I was like, okay, it's kind of your fault, idiot, because you didn't check. check. Yeah. So, and, but no, I just research. made a complete ass out of myself. And that's, I learned, that was the one hard lesson I learned. But no, back then it was, you know, I was, yeah, this is, this is what needs to happen. Yep, we got to go to the SEC. And so the idea that the, the SEC could still try to expand into North Carolina, Virginia is intriguing, but I think contractually it's just not going to be possible. Anyway, I want to talk about something with you. Because on a couple of fronts, we just got a new CDC recommendation today about masks and vaccinated people and so on and so forth. And also, uh, people are furious about this NFL thing with vaccines. You know, and how vaccinated players don't have to wear masks and unvaccinated players, if they cause an outbreak, they're going to forfeit the game and nobody's getting paid. Like people are, have you seen people like, well, you've been busy, but people like raging about this. Look, man, people want to get mad about anything that they can. And it's going to be really tough. And they're just trying to keep the spread to a minimum. That's all they're trying to do. And I, I think last year was a different year that everybody had to adjust on the fly. But the NFL style still got in all their games. And yep. I think they're just trying to get ahead of anything. I don't think there'll be any issues. I don't. I think the NFL is going to handle it just fine, just like they did Except last year. Except maybe in D.C. Yeah. Did you see that story? I haven't seen any stories. So Ron Rivera's pissed, and understandably so, because he just went into remission from cancer not that long ago. He's immunocompromised, and his team has the lowest vaccination rate in the NFL. They're only at 60%. So like the Panthers here in Charlotte are at 92%. They're one of the three highest you know, teams mm-hmm. in the league. So Ron's literally their head coach is a cancer survivor, and he's immunocompromised because of it. And, you know, some of these guys still won't do it. Now, yes, personal. What did, he, did he say something? Oh, yeah, no, he, the quote, um, I'll pull it up right now. It actually was uh, well, not look, that man, long ago. It, it, it's 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 such a tough subject because I'm not gonna sit up here and tell people what to do, but just look, it, it's it's well everybody has this opinion about stuff and I'm on the boat of, man, the people that are the sickest and if you just look at it right now, the people that are in the hospitals, which that was the biggest thing is people were like, oh, well, you still catch COVID and when you have been vaccinated, I'm like, yes, nobody said that it would prevent you from getting it a hundred percent. But right. that's but that you can't convince people of that but you, for some reason. It was there to prevent you from getting massively sick because once you get sick, like our hospitals are overrun and we are overrun. Our healthcare system, we can't keep up. We can't do. It starts to shut everything down. Sure, like that was the initial point that of was all this too. Shock. But yes. even, but with the vaccine, like first and foremost too. And I'm, I'm but not it gonna... also can, so what it is is this is what I read from my boy. It was it was a really great way to break it down, Kyle. Go ahead and tell me what uh, Coach said. Well, so I- he said, you know, it was asked about the vaccine rate, and he said, we're not where we want to be. He said, with the new variant, who knows, when I'm in a group and the group's not vaccinated or there's a mixture, I put the mask on. I do that for health reasons, but nobody really knows. I have to do that, and I just wish and I hope that our guys can understand that. And then he said, uh, let's see, what he say, what he say, what he say? Um, oh, now for whatever reason, we have some reluctance to do that to get the vaccine these young men have to make the decision for themselves hopefully they can understand how impactful not getting the vaccine is and you'd like to believe that with all the news that's been out there in terms of the fact that people are being hospitalized that are dying from covid right now are those that aren't vaccinated um blah 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 at some point in this and it's a lot there's a ton of quotes here. yeah yeah, yeah, he does say again hey i'm immunocompromised you know i'm coming to work every day i'm wearing a mask um you know he's trying to say, look, guys, like, I understand that it's your choice here, but on top of this being a potential competitive disadvantage for us, you could kill me. Like, you, you could – I could die from this. Right, right. It's not, it's not 
it's not going to work out good for him if he gets it. But, you That's know, sure. those, but he has to try and protect himself, though, to the best of his ability. But when you make that argument, a lot of people, unfortunately, will say, well, then maybe Ron shouldn't be there. You know, or maybe, you know, Ron shouldn't be. A, I mean. Why? I, be, so the thing that bothers me is also it, 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 the street works both ways. Sure. Right. And I'm just throwing so, that point out there no, because no, no, you know they'll sure. say I, it to I you. know, Kyle, you, you, I know. We like to do this just I know. We've got to give the people what they want, yeah, Kyle. Sometimes you got to, you know, <laughs> clarify. So. You know, my me wearing a mask shouldn't offend you as well, right? So the people that are upset by that, so I don't, yeah, me wearing my mask because it's my choice shouldn't offend you either because I've been vaccinated and I still feel comfortable sometimes. So me, it's more of a comfort thing too. It's like if I'm not in a comfortable situation or I don't like because I know I still can contract the disease and I want to do what's best for my own, my kids. Really, my wife's been vaccinated as well, but my kids, because I don't want them to get sick because I don't want them to catch it. And I know they don't really spread it between themselves. Kids are pretty safe, especially at my kid's age. Sure. When it comes to themselves. And that's cool. But when it comes to, you know, adults, we spread it at a much higher rate. Sure. As adults. So here, let me just read. By the way, they were saying. I want to read this to you, all right? Just real quick. There's a reason that they're only testing vaccinated players every two weeks in the NFL. There's a reason for that. You know, and to your point a second ago, you know, I, the, the, the flu it's, vaccine, and I hate to even bring this up because it's just those people that's, oh, it's just a flu. But the flu vaccine is anywhere from 50 to 60% effective some years. Yep. Like people think that this is supposed to be a foolproof body armor vaccine, it's you know, that. that will just end it like that. That's not what vaccines do. They train your body to fight it off. You, know, you can't avoid somebody breathing a virus in your face. Right. If you don't know it's there, you can't avoid touching it. That you can't avoid it altogether. The, the vaccines were never. But anyway, you, you get the this point. is one of my for, my former teammates who's uh, the chancellor at his school in uh, in California, which they went to school the whole year. It's a small school. He fought for it the way they had it dressed up. They had the ability to be able to I think I remember you talking about this. All right. And he his kids went to school. So he, he's uh, he's over his whole school. Right. And it's a high school and a little kid school. So it's a, it's a, he's done well. All right. And he had it. He said this was shared with me. I've asked our school physician to verify its accuracy, but it's pretty compelling. All right. I am vaccinated. I come in contact with Delta variant. I catch a cold. I don't replicate the virus, though. The virus dies after a few days In the days when the virus isn't dead yet. I come in contact with you and transmit the virus to you. If you are vaccinated, you don't replicate the virus. The virus which lives for a few days dies permanently. If you are not vaccinated, the virus is multiplying, replicating, can mutate. The mutation is random. One of these mutations can produce a vaccine-resistant antibody, resistant variant. Conclusion. If we're all vaccinated, we don't replicate the virus. The virus can't mutate, and it disappears after a while. If many aren't vaccinated, the virus replicates, then mutates, therefore the risk of a bad variant. Yes, all of that. All of that. And, and to that point where you just read... I don't know where you got that from. I don't know if that's a, if that's being circulated, you know, by no, social no, media. No, no, it's not. No, no, that's a personal text from my. I'm not going to put his name. No, out it's there, fine. It's fine. He's over. But that's that's perfect. And he's so what, his, yeah. what I'm saying to that point is, I'm looking at you know the. And he got that from his physician. I'm, I'm looking at a COVID and vaccine information waterfall at vcuhealth.org, Virginia Commonwealth University, which is mm-hmm. one of the better you know medical uh, institutions in the Commonwealth that Shout has everything laid out right here, just in terms of efficacy rates. And you know, there's one specific part here that to your point about uh early back up 
the, the people that say, well, we just don't know a lot about it. There's just how could we know? It's an experimental vaccine. Hasn't even been approved by the FDA. We don't know anything about this thing. Well, OK, here's what we do know, according to many resources. But this one in particular here at, uh, at VCU, there have been studies and that were, there were trials done in this process that included 44,000 people in one one of the trials, and I think something like 54,000 people in another. You know, the trials that were done with these vaccines yeah, they before to. they were they released. To. To, of yes. course, right? And so they, they talk about it being sped up and expedited. And, you know, I saw it on 60 minutes. Vaccines never get done this fast. How safe could it be? Well, the, the process of developing the vaccine was pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. In fact, they've been working on vaccines for SARS ever since SARS in 2002, right, that gave them, you know, a really kind of leg up in developing this one with COVID-19. But the point being, like, there's a lot of information out there on this. It's just whether or not you choose to do it. Now, if you still don't want to and you've taken in all this information, I can't help you. I can't. I'm not going to force you to do it. But, like, it's there. Yeah. And that's the only thing that infuriates me. And that's all I argue, too, is that, you know, because I've made my decision, me wearing a mask or just because not everybody wants to wear a mask, that's fine. That's your decision. But and also when it comes to the kids as well, um, my kids, I've never heard them complain one time about wearing a mask. Um, and I'm, I'm, Does that worry I'm, you at all about normalizing mask wearing for them? And I'm just asking because that's a concern that apparently a lot of people have. What do you mean normalizing? Well, I mean, think about some of the city council and school board meetings that you've seen on the news for the past yeah, six months. People look, freaking out about, we're not going to muzzle our kids. It's psychologically damaging. You know, they shouldn't have to get used to this, so on and so forth. Like, well, how do we feel know passionately that? I mean, about that. Are we, and I'm cool with that, feel passionate about it. But if I tell my kid... If I don't like the situation and how Charlotte is handling everything where my kids go to school, at, yeah. then I will tell my kids, you will wear a mask every day. I don't want to hear about none of that. Uh-uh. Only time you can take it off is outside. And look, my kids will just have to do that. Look, kids are so resilient. Children are resilient. All right? I agree. I, so, I hate when we try and put limits and try and dictate what kids or the human being or the human body can do. It's amazing. It's it's built so for tough. All right. <laughs> so for tough. But can I be honest about it, too? I mean, I, I think you're kind of all over it with the, the kids. But from an adult standpoint, you and I did a podcast the day the CDC guidelines dropped and that the, the governor here in North Carolina you know, dropped the, the restrictions and the mandates. And we were it was over. I don't you think know, kind I, of I joke. People are trying to go back to that, Kyle. But it, it's it's these pockets of it's really it's a it's a. The scary thing is that it's a pandemic. And we heard President Biden talk about it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Well, your hey, own hey, governor said that in Alabama. Hey, Ivy just went ham. She went off. She did. She went off. She went ham. I watched it like I was, three times. I was like, man, I'm so proud. I knew Alabama was a top I couldn't five believe it. She went it. off. I watched it like three times, and I was like, that's Kay Ivy saying that. <laughs> but, I mean, no. and again, going back to what I was saying, I understand the logic behind it. But at this point, as someone who is vaccinated and has no problem saying that and is relieved, was and has been relieved to not have to walk into Harris Teeter wearing right, a mask right. anymore. Right, right. This is infuriating. And, and more than that, <laughs> I, it's uh, maybe it's apathy. Maybe it's just pragmatism. I'm sure some people will disagree with that. But I just I, I don't think anything's going to change, because if enough people believe that this vaccine is just a microchip implanted by Bill Gates or that this is just, you know, the Great Reset and, you know, this it's a coalescence of all the you know pedophilic forces of the government leaders and, you know, the, the, the demon lizards. I mean, how do you I don't know how many people are like that, 
but they're not taking the vaccine. Yeah, it's also people that feel that the, the you know human how body, I know you know how I feel like I know that right now you know? is that there was a Washington Post story written about a place that my family's from pretty close to a couple of weeks ago down in the mountains in Virginia, very rural Appalachia, where there were people who watched their family members dying of COVID in the hospital, looking through a glass window and were screaming at doctors that it was a hoax. It wasn't really COVID, um, you know, that, uh, that they were they were accusing the doctors and the nurses of labeling it COVID so that they could get money. Like it's still happening that that way. So what's going to change? And so at what point? And I hate to be this way because I'm not anti mask. I'm really not. But how long do I have to wear a mask everywhere I go as an adult until these other adults <laughs> decide to help the rest of us out or acknowledge that, you know, maybe their batshit insane conspiracy theories have prolonged this process? And I, I look, there, I've met some really, really entrenched and I guess in their minds, really well-researched people who think the science actually supports not wearing masks and vaccines. You just got to be in shape, drink water, go for a run. Ivermectin. You know, but then you I, also I, I have people say that the mask doesn't protect them 100%. So it's like, I mean. And there's, they're, it, right. they're right. They're it's right. Like That's the, the thing. They're right. Because cloth no, face coverings. You got people pulling and tugging on masks. We got people touching the same bathroom doors at work and then tugging on their masks and then grabbing a cup, you know, from the same communal Kyle, areas. Kyle, what in life is one hundred percent? Right. That's my point. So are, where when I told you that day, we're back to an acceptable level of risk. Besides for me. two plus two. Sure. Besides two plus two. But it wasn't about COVID actually being over. It was about I'm vaccinated. Right. More vaccines are going in arms back then. We're back to an acceptable level I of risk. You like we celebrated. We like, celebrated. Hey, we're I back no to an mask, acceptable no damn <laughs> level of risk. <laughs> That had no mask. And so now we got the Delta variant. Even my wife and I, man, up. we go places without a mask. I'm like, oh, man, I didn't bring a mask. I'm like, you know, it's straight. It's we good. Right. I don't wear them anymore yeah. when I go in places. And I'm not happy about the fact that in some places we'll probably go back to it. You know, some of these stores will probably require it again. And I'm, I just, I'm pissed about it because, again, not to try to worm my way out of any sort of responsibility or, you know, social this responsibility. Variant, man, this Delta variant, they said it was coming over here because they said it well, was of course hot. It they was. said this thing was. They say but here's it, my it question spreads. for you. You got the Delta variant, the Gamma variant. You got monkeypox and West Nile virus in Charlotte showing up last week. Like, are we just going to mask up for the rest of eternity? Like, is that what we're going to do? Because we, I just don't believe right now that some of these people are coming over to our side of the fence and taking a vaccine. Because too many of them have proven they're not going to do it. So do we have to go through every letter in the Greek alphabet of variants before we finally decide that we're done? Are we going to? I don't know, man. I don't know what we're going to do here. I don't know either, Kyle. It seems kind of defeatist, I know, but like, what's, I, I, how am I supposed to feel any different about that? I, I don't have the answer for you. I wish I did. Um, anyway. The one thing I will say, and you can just wrap it up. Well, no, no, I got to ask you about the Olympics. And, you know, in a, in a end year on a bright or two, note. in a couple of years, man, we're going to find out that this, this COVID was probably man-made and got out. Because this thing, I've, ne I've never heard of anything that just moves and travels and can vary it and... Be, like forms itself oh, yeah. and can ever change and blah 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 this fast well and that's the thing the too evolution is, of it is this it like but i think we need to recognize that as a people and like just come together and just be better about it and right. i'm not trying to tell anybody what to do and to that point last year i think yeah last year trump was the one leading the charge with you know the wuhan flu this came from a lab you know it became a republican talking point so well you know, it was his it, uh his lead guy what was well his sure but i'm just saying that side of the aisle is where it originated mm -hmm. and so because we live in stupid ass tribal politics in these days the left automatically said no it's wrong you're an idiot that can't be possible yeah man even my, did anyway. even my my father-in-law thought that too because he knew of like a covid disease where right. it comes from blah 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 like you know the basis of the actual 
what was in it. And and those of us who fancy ourselves as being somewhat sensible human beings right, said, right, you know right. what, it's, it's possible that right, that right, happened. Right. It, it it's made possible sense. that came from it the lab. Made sense, but the and more then that, I read some compelling things that right. made it seem like there's a very good chance that it was from a lab. But then the more we've learned about it as well, it was so new to us, we didn't understand it. Right. We started to understand the this novel thing. coronavirus. Yeah, a little bit more. And the more you find out about it, it's just like, damn, this thing is really tough to beat. And uh, and I just want us all, this is not just your average flu. This is not. No. This is, uh, we've, it's no. way more than I that. Know, I personally and I, know, and, and, I know and, two people. And maybe people. hopefully down the road, man, I'm, I'm able to be living and actually we find out the whole thing. And when it comes out, I think we'll understand once we're all done and living through this whole thing. Look, I, I, I know two people who died from COVID. Mm -hmm. I, I know two individually. I know others who got it and were just wrecked and for like periods of weeks and a couple of months felt terrible. So I don't think it's the end of the world, but I think so long as we let the, you know, wing nuts on the fringes control, you know, the way all of this is going, it's not going to get any better. So then what do you do? Anyway, I want to pull out of that for a second because I want to at least Great hit job, on a couple Kyle. of things here. Are you watching the Olympics? I am. Are you? Because I, I've, I've loved the Olympics my entire life. And I've watched a few things. Swimming still is kind of cool. It's kind of like NASCAR where you don't necessarily need the crowd to get into swimming in the Olympics, right? Mm -hmm. You know, all you need to see are the swimmers in the pool and, you know, rowdy and you're good. So that's been cool. Team USA is infuriating. I, Team USA basketball is just awful. I can't even bring myself to talk about it on the air. So, like, that's been something that I tuned into. Outside of that, these empty arenas, man, are, are really bumming me out. And I think they're bumming a lot of people out because the Olympic ratings, the TV ratings, are atrocious. They're down $10 million from 2016 in Rio, and they're down nearly $17 million from 2012 in London. So, I mean, Simone Biles dropped out. Katie Ledecky lost the other night. Like, uh, I think Japan shut out the U.S. women in softball today. Uh, I know I've been missing more than I actually know. It's but, okay. Uh, I, I, like, I, I want to watch it, and I've caught it where I can, but – just they're in a place well, where the, the, the people that are in Japan don't even want it. Like 75% of the people in Japan, when they were polled, said, we don't really want you guys to host the Olympics at all this year either. And they still did it. And there's nobody there. And I don't know. It just, it well, seems. Well, it's because there's nobody there. You don't have the emotions of it. Right. But this is what we're having to deal with. I, th I look, man. Like when everything sticks a landing, somebody ought to be going nuts when she does it, right? Right. It's, it's not there. And that's difficult. And I feel bad for all these athletes. But let me tell you this, Kyle. I got I got a little sunshine for you, bro. What? And this is gonna happen. USA women's water polo will win a gold medal. I'm calling it right now, and it's because of the goalie, Ashley Johnson. Why? Girl why? is a baller. Why is that? Dude, she she knocks everything down. Huh. And she's a black girl. Oh. Water polo balling. I'm really? telling you, Kyle. Kyle I'm not so playing. Water polo was my jam as a kid. In the Olympics. <laughs> so I've only water poloed one time, and I almost drowned. Yeah, but then you go to the pool the next day with your buddies, and the, the ladders in the pool are the goals for water polo. You ever play that? I, so, Kyle, I've only played it, and I'm sorry it's uppity, but I played it in Dubrovnik in, in Croatia. You did? Yeah, it's the only time I've Why were you playing water polo in Croatia? I got to know this story. Because we were in Dubrovnik, and me and Peanut, we went on a couple's trip. Me and my boy Peanut and our wives, we went – and uh, we were in Dubrovnik for a day, so we had our guy, and we ate like, like fish, like right caught out of this like uh, this inland, uh, almost like a peninsula, in like right there with the like the sea, the ocean, whatever it is, right there. And um, and so they catch it out of there. And the guy that over the restaurant, it's one of the nicest places there. Their water polo team, Croatia's, trains in that same 
water right there. So you got like all these young kids. It's like a whole bunch of them out there. And so the owner of the guy is like, <laughs> man, you know, he swims this thing every day. And he's like, oh, man, you know, you guys want to get in. We can go and like try water polo. So he's like, dude, come on, we got to do it. I'm like, I don't want to do I don't, I don't want, I, dude, I don't even bring no shorts. Like, I don't even know how to water polo. He's like, dude, you're in Dubrovnik. Like, when, when, how many times are you going to say? Dubrovnik. Yeah, how many times are you going to say, we water poloed in Dubrovnik? I'm like. It's a good point. I, I mean, it's it a, made sense, It's right? a compelling argument. But yeah, I was, like, I was like, fuck, all right, let's go. We got to water polo in Dubrovnik. Uh, we got to do it, all right? So. Because now guy, you're telling a story about it on the podcast, so he was right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So then the guy's like, all right, well, I got a suit. So over there, they all wear, like, the mankinis. They don't wear anything else. That's, like, what they do. <laughs> they had board shorts and shit over there. None of that. <laughs> and no mid-thighs either. It's just mankinis. <laughs> so he's like, I have an extra one in the back. I'm like, nah, 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 bro. Pino's like, yeah, 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 bring it out for him. He probably can fit your size. I'm like, Pino, <laughs> stop fucking with me, bro. It's not funny. And he's like, so he brings me one. I'm like, nah, I'm straight. We're just going to go get some. So we go get some, we go get some mankinis, me and Peanut do. Uh -huh. He's like, fuck it. I mean, you're in Dubrovnik. You got to do what we do, you know? Do what you do. Do what we do. So we come out there in our mankinis. We jump in. Number one, the water was super salty. All right? Oh, yeah. You see all these kids playing and they're doing water polo. I, so I thought water polo was kind of simple. I get in and Kyle, the first thing, well, the water's salty. Number two is... Bro, I ain't know it wasn't no bottom. Like, it's like 12 <laughs> feet. You know what I mean? It's deep. Like, <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, bro, where the bottom you at? You sink to the bottom? But I was like, I, I couldn't touch. I did not feel comfortable. That's funny. All right? <laughs> so that's number two. And I'm like, oh, like, whoa. All right? So I'm going back to, like, the edge, like, where I just jumped from. Like, bro, I ain't know it's this deep. <laughs> Like, how y'all just be in here? Oh, you oh you tread. You just, you move your feet. And he's like, it's me. And he's like, and they're like coming up to like throw the ball. So you got to kind of like come up out of the water to throw the ball. So I played a little bit of goalie for a second. But, man, I didn't play goalie at all. Actually, Peanut tried to do the goalie thing. I tried to do the goalie, but the whole time while he was holding, I had to hold on to the thing because I don't know how to just float myself. And Treading water is not I, your thing? It's not my thing. I've never been taught. That's funny. So <laughs> You're like the most athletic person in the world, and treading water has just never been a thing for you. No, and I can't. I, I don't float either, so I, I, I start to sink. So it's like, man, I, and so I'm holding on to the thing, and then I'm trying to block it. And then when I was in there, it was a bad experience. My wife said they look so disappointed in us, these two – like black athletic guys over there in Croatia where they don't have any <laughs> black people. All right. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And they, then, yeah, they definitely don't. And then, and we can't even float or like do this. And like little kids are doing it. That's hilarious. All in their mankinis. There is one more thing I got to ask you before we get out of here. All right. Because I haven't so, I I mean, I've seen you in like two time. weeks now. No, no, it's a great story. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about this because you and I both have to get out of here. My wife's going to kill me. Did, were, did you pay attention to the Jeff Bezos launched the Be Bezos Branson space race were you paying attention to that yeah I, I heard Branson didn't really go man first of all and then Jay I just I just thought it was funny that I mean we're in the middle of a pandemic well hanging on still to it's not a complete pandemic because it's not rampant as it was but people it's still can out convince there. people can accuse me of being a cynic all they want to be but he came down and like popped champagne like he was kicking it I He's like, man, y'all keep going to work now at Amazon. So I can right. go to He's like, so I want to thank all the workers at Amazon. Y'all made this possible. <laughs> and you, you paid for it, right? So uh, thank you. I was like, you mother. Hey, you, know, you know, warehouses everywhere. I was like, you mother. <laughs> pissing in bottles. They can't even take a break. But no, man, I just, uh, I, I love space exploration. 
I love that kind of stuff. I love science fiction. Well, that's a stretch, but I like it. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's a cool dude. But anyway, I like space exploration, and I think it's a good thing. But I'm not rooting for Jeff Bezos' vanity project to, you know, pr- capitalize on private space travel, doing things that NASA was doing in the 90s. Like, I got people saying, well, just think about the last space race. And, you know, when we went to the moon and we went to, you know, so think about all the technology that everybody got from that. And, you know, LED lights and Velcro and so on and so forth. And I'm like, yes, that definitely happened. And I'm not ruling out the possibility that, you know, in the next 20 years that there could be some sort of trickle-down effect of the technology that they develop on this thing. That's, that's cool and everything. That does nothing to help anybody in a material way on Earth right now. And so, like, we're just cheering on these billionaires as they just kind of, you know, casually start flying into space. And they're going to charge people a quarter million dollars at some point to ride up there and make a lot of money doing it. And we're just cheering them on. It's like, yay, exploration, capitalism, money. It's like there's these dudes. I mean, Jeff Bezos, his own employees hate the guy. Like, he won't pay them a living wage, or at least he wouldn't. And. I don't know, dude. I have a hard time cheering for this. I really do. I, does that make me a cynic? I really have a hard time no, cheering man, for this. No, uh, man. A lot of people would agree with you, Kyle. Do you agree with me? That's I, the question. I think it's your opinion. and <laughs> You sound like a politician right we now. We live in a capitalistic <laughs> country, Kyle. I'm and, not shitting but on this guy, this guy, I mean, he looked like he, like he almost like out of touch of what's reality. Right. It seemed very much so out of touch of reality. In, like, when you in see like, him like float back down from 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 space. When's eviction day? Which is not, we, <laughs> it's not like he went up there and like flew around or anything. He just went up into space. I would only be interested, Kyle, is if I could like go outside. I want to go outside. You want to go outside? Yeah, I think they call it spacewalk. So I want to like go outside. I got. I want to be. A, I need like three or four attachments though. Like one to the suit I'm in. Uh, one in my hand, probably one in my hand and like one on my foot. So like three attachments, Kyle, that like I can't go nowhere. I just want to be outside. I just want to see and feel with space and like darkness. Like, what is that? You really want to go do that? I would do that. You told me once upon a time you didn't want to do that, that you were like, nah, let some other people deal with that first. I will let some other people deal with that. That's just going up there. So like when you're old, you'll do that. For sure. Like okay, now that, that makes some like sense. If I, but only if I could go outside. But that like, was the only way I'd be dude, interested. In like two days, or we have an eviction moratorium in the U.S. that's about to be lifted. There's going to be a shitload of people evicted from their homes all across the country. We're like, yeah, Jeff Bezos, go to space. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, you got billionaires paying like a third of the effective tax rate of regular people. They're like, yeah, man, I'm going to be a billionaire one day. Like, bro, come well, on, dude. That's the crazy thing is that, I mean, the laws have to be changed. And <laughs> and he owns everything. Our, our our government still is sitting up there playing tiddlywinks. He owns the Washington Post, and they're writing propaganda about how we should be cheering on the billionaires. He, he owns race. the Washington yes, Post. Yes, he owns the Washington Post, and he really wants to own the the Washington football team in part because he wanted to just be a, he wanted it to be an fu to Donald Trump. But I mean, he's trying to he's going to own everything. He'll be the first man to accumulate a trillion dollars in net worth. Like well. He, and we're just you know, throwing money at him because we all got Amazon boxes showing up at our houses every single day. Yes. And, I, yes. But I, I just think it's so interesting because, I mean, he's got enough money to buy every team in the NFL. Yeah, I think I – didn't somebody do that math one time? Yeah, he has that much. Yeah, yeah, no, he's – I think he could buy that league and maybe another one. It's insane how much money he has, and we all yeah. do that already. His but, ex-wife – as you well know. She's giving away a lot, man. She she's can't give it away fast enough yeah. <laughs> because the stock price for Amazon keeps going up, so she still is worth more money than when she started it last check. I just think it's funny, man. She married a, a teacher. Good for that too. guy. Man. That guy's living the American dream. No doubt. Nobody came up. 
I mean, it's like Tom Brady came up and that guy. And that guy. No, that guy. That guy. <laughs> that That's, guy. He's that guy. Those two dudes, man. <laughs> it's really those two dudes. Probably LeBron James, too. Did you see Brady on that the video throwing it into the uh, – um, why am I drawing a blank? The, yeah, the, the, the jug machine. The jug machine. Thank you. But, yeah, I mean, people were like oh, – I like the video when he was throwing it to the young kids and he was calling out people's names. I know, Call right? out Julian. That was fantastic. <laughs> I thought that was better. I was like, uh, we got this we got about that. I realize we've been doing this long. Dude, this was fun. Uh, this is probably hey, – We got to do – we will not go as long. Sorry probably a telltale long. sign that we haven't done this in a while. We yeah. went this long. All right, we'll do this again probably next week. We'll talk to you then. Good yeah. stuff, buddy. All right, bro. We'll All see right. you later, man. For Roman Harper. I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to each other.